I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. Today we're doing another Spill the Dirt episode, which I've been totally loving these. And for Lindsay and I, it's like fun to freestyle it. Um, So yeah, welcome to another episode of Spill the Dirt, which still is like the best name ever. Whoever helped us. I can't remember who. Do you remember that? I know. I do. I have it wrote down. We should really do something for her. We should like send Send her her stuff. Yeah. So we'll, okay. I'll look her up. I'm sorry mm-hmm. we're not like pulling your name out right now. I know I've chatted with her. Um, it really yeah, is we so need cute. to like send her some yeah. send her some merch. Yeah, you guys have been helping us because at the conference someone called us the Dirt Girls, which I <laughs> I love taking it. as a compliment. Me too. Uh, I've been called you. way worse. Yeah, me too. I'll, I'll yeah. take what I can get these days. Um, yeah, so I I know August we're getting into August, we're like a weekend. And August is very hard. I've over on the Instagram page at Dirt on Flowers, we've kind of I kind of put it out there the other day, like, hey, what what's your guys' August struggles and wins? And I really think August is a very hard behind June. <laughs> June is always always kicks my butt. And <laughs> and August is hard in a different way because it's very physically exhausting. Um it's hot. Employees are tired. Everybody's a little tired and literally everything's starting to bloom. And um, that's when like our business like starts to ramp up in a Dahlia season. Um, so yeah, it's hard. How's your August been, Lynn's good? Yeah, I'm tired. I think that's, mm-hmm. um, that. you know, just being honest, you and I had, had talked and mm-hmm. we've been, you know, with this podcast, splitting duties and doing things and um, you know, social media I was I was kind of working on and I just texted her and she's like, you know, what do you need for me? And I'm like, I'm exhausted right now. Um, I, I have a lot of travels um, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it, yeah, everything you just said, the whole piece of it. And I think, you know, my coming off of like having had my full-time job and been doing mm-hmm. that for so long, I was really hoping that I would have the winter. It just didn't work out like that, the winter to sort of recoup and recharge. And so I didn't, it didn't work out that way. So I'm really trying to take some extra time for myself right now and Mm -hmm. um, looking at like, what can I cut out? What's not um, helping me? But it's also hard because, you know, this is when we have the opportunity to make our money. So um, knowing that those, that slower time is coming, we're going to be digging at pulling everything out and flipping to cover yes. crops soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but also not wanting to affect my overall health in the, in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm asking for help when I need it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, you're allowed um, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So taking, taking some naps, I'm actually, I, the next two weekends are kind of slower for me and mm-hmm. I go in on my schedule and I block them out. So I will, when I'm doing Good. my, I just do like, do not do not, you know, do schedule anything. Do not. 
Um, and so, you know, and I'm so lucky that I have staff that helps, you know, and runs the farmer's markets for me or does the UPIC. So, you know, of course there's a little guilt associated with that. Like they're working, mm-hmm. I'm not, or I'm not touching base with customers. Uh, but it, I show up as a better version when I'm mm-hmm. resting, you know? Yeah. Um, we're like literally a 24 hour operation during, Mm -hmm. during the, during the crazy season. So, and it's not even when you do own the farm and you have employees, it's not even the physical burden. It's like the mental burden, the worry, all of it, because you are responsible for people's livelihoods. And it really is a lot. And that's when it starts to like wear on me and it all like, it just like mounts up. It just, it becomes like a, like a pressure point almost. And I really think August, I always have to remind myself that in the winter, I generally work nine to three, splitting dahlia tubers, and it's it's pretty chill, and I get to sit in front of the fire with the dogs and all that stuff. So we go hard. We really do, and mm-hmm. I do have to remind myself because it is a seven-day-a-week operation during the busy season. So mm-hmm. balance, I guess. Yeah, definitely. achieve it, but it's hard. It it's is. Hard. I, just, I just read, actually, that Google – that la- in the last 30 days, burnout, the word burnout has been Googled over 350,000 times. So oh my gosh. we're not yeah. alone. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's it's probably 80% farmers. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, uh, um, but it's, it is real and it's like a you know, me not, it's not like a glamorous thing. We, I think no matter whether you're in farming or just, you know, our customers, they are all feeling some sort of that sense of like being pulled around by their to-do list. So it's like, it's very much so at the front of my awareness of just like, okay, I'm, I'm very tired right now. So like, how can I make sure that I'm taking care of myself and, um, still surviving August and being, Mm -hmm upright for dahlia season. So I know. And for like, it's, it's thinking for me, it's like thinking about the long term. It's like, and I know Lindsay are the same way. Like, this is what I want to do like for life. Like it isn't, it's funsies <laughs> some days, mm-hmm. but it really is like a, a business. And I think when we, I, when we look at it that way, I really do have to embrace like the cyclical nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have to be like, Hey, this is, we make our money in a small amount of time and it really is go 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 and I think once I've stopped begrudging it um I think things got better but I'm definitely ready for cooler mornings with like a hoodie on harvesting oh, that's kind of like the best I, I always feel refreshed when it's not as as hot I think like the heat is what is hard so mm-hmm. Yeah, I just took all my winter clothes upstairs. So I'm like, literally, it's August. I just, they've been in my room. They took them upstairs. That's where it like, that's where I store them for the season. So downstairs is where my closet is. And as I'm like hauling these things up, I'm like, I have too much. I have too many clothes. I need to purge. I love a good like clean out everything. You know, I literally wear like ragged out t-shirts. So yeah. Yeah. Why do I even have other clothes? Yeah. Now that I don't have another job that I have to like be like business casual in my wardrobe, I put on like – I went to Barry's Barry's Blooms last night and I had to put on like three t-shirts because I'm like, wow, this t-shirt is looking sad. (laughs) 
I'm like, oh, I'll get this one. Whoa, that one. Nope. <laughs> I know. So, oh, my gosh. Love it. Yeah, uh, love it. Okay. So should we get into our questions from yep. our our dirt our dirt bag our dirt bags on Instagram. Yeah, so we every Sunday we open up our Instagram for you guys to ask us questions. Life, business, farming, all the things, something personal, whatever you guys want, um ask us. So, where we pick some questions and Lindsay and I answer them here. So, hopefully you can find little bits of value and inspiration in some of these questions. Okay. I you want me to do question number 1? Go for it. Okay. Um, question number one from Still Even Flower. How do you price flowers per stem when selling to florists? And Lish66 also had a like question, says, how do you determine prices per bouquet, et cetera? So when we're talking about pricing, um, I'm always looking at what are other growers in my area selling this product for and what is the wholesaler selling this product for. So like if you were a florist and you went to the wholesaler, what would you be paying? And I generally, if I'm talking about bunch price, I generally try and stay at that price or more because I know my quality is a lot better. So I try to match other farmers in my area so that I'm not undercutting. And um, that's really how I kind of determine my per stem price or my bunch price. Um, Some people go to like the Boston market terminal and look, I really do feel like depending on where we're at or where we're selling, there's can be a ton of variation. I don't, Lindsay, do you agree with that? Yeah. So one of the things that I realized like at the conference, they were talking about selling Nigella for like $15 a bunch for like grade C, like super short. And to me, I'm like, oh, I can't even get that like premium price, you know, like that my florists aren't going to pay that. So I think for pricing, it's like, it's really different. It's very, everybody wants you to say like, how much should I charge for this? How much should I charge for that? Well, what it costs me with employees might be very different than what it costs you to produce that same flower. Um, But I think Shannon, you're right. Just like finding out where a baseline is, you know, with those Mm -hmm particular things. Go go get a wholesale list, like join a um, a wholesaler and, and get their price list and see, like give you a starting point. And I'm I'm most generally more expensive. Um for my florists specifically, uh I actually have some conversations with them and I just say like, hey, like I, I really value my florist orders because um I can sell a large volume volume of product to them and just one stop. And so, you know, they text me or they, they send us a message with an order. I'm, I'm usually like, you know, I'm on it. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, I have an open relationship with them where I say like, if I'm really out of line on something and honestly, every single time they're like, we're willing to pay more because we know the product that we're getting in is better. It's processed already for us. And so, um, you know, Mm -hmm. that's been helpful for me in the last like year where they've, Mm -hmm. you know, had that like communication with them. So yeah, I really can't like, uh, you know, even with your bouquet pricing, um, you know, undercutting at a market is never good. Um, cause you're just working for less. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but you know, finding out what that is, you know, think about when I, when I always look at a bouquet and I'm like, man, 20 bucks, you know, or $25. I'm like, are you kidding me? And, you know, you call, a, a, you go to a florist, you go to the grocery store and mm-hmm. it's like, 
you get, a, it's nothing for 25 bucks, you know? So it's like, they're getting yes. so much value really from these flowers and, yes. you know, we know what goes into it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think like, I, and I always hear the pricing question. I, I really feel like it's something that's kind of overcomplicated, um, from people. It's like you are overthinking it. Um, so I think if you see what it's going for locally, you see what the florists are getting for it and just increase it a little bit because you're right. You you have there's a lot of value there. It's already pre-processed and they're not having to get rid of all the cardboard and everything that they're getting their flowers in. And then they develop a relationship and, and every stem that they get is usable. That that is not the life they live. And if you go into a floral shop and you really talk to a florist, they're using probably maybe three quarters to half of what is actually coming in. So they don't have to build in that waste factor with you, which is so huge. So that's like gaining that confidence to have that that right pricing. And, and you'll get that. And I just think Lindsay does perfect, like having that open relationship and being like, hey, if this feels out of whack, you know, just, just mention it to me. Um, I'm willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. And when you're determining your price per bouquet, when you are looking at your STEM, you know, figure out what your, how much your stems are costing. Just do one. If you just look at one bouquet and you're like, okay, I got two sunflowers at $2 each and just like add it up, add in your labor, the cost of your sleeve, all of that stuff and try and try and figure it out from there. So generally, you know, we do a $20 bouquet um, for like our standard mixed bouquet and then uh, we do a smaller, like 15 grocery bouquet, um, but there's way less stems in that bouquet. So you really do have to kind of fi- figure it out and make sure that you're not undercutting. Don't play too cheap because honestly, when you play very cheap, you just get cheap people. Mm-hmm. And generally what I found is that those people are not your people. Um, mm-hmm. So I try to market my bouquets to people who are willing to spend the money and spend um, and spend what what we're asking, which is really not that much on the fl- on the flowers that we're growing. Right? Yeah, yeah, and I think too um, one thing is like if they're willing to pay eighteen dollars, they're going to pay twenty. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like the change with all of that. You know, and um, and. Yes you know, backing, I think a lot of us, like I back sales tax back out. So you're talking $18 mm-hmm. and something we're actually getting for a $20 bouquet. And I think the general public probably doesn't even know their sales tax on those flowers right. that we're backing out. Um, so, you know, that it just take that in consideration. It's like, if they're going to pay 15, they're probably going to pay 20, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. then even number of stem count. Cause I know that's a question I've gotten before too. It's like, okay, for a 20, how, how many stems? And it's like, well, that really varies by like, what's in it. Is it Lysianthus? Mm-hmm. Is it a rose lily? Is it dahlias? Um, is it a sunflower? Mm-hmm. You know, so it really, those elements of the bouquet. And, um, so that changes for mine, like seasonally with mm-hmm. what we have in our CSA. So like, you know, spring, there may only be nine flowers or something, you know, nine yeah. stems and it's a 30, $35 bouquet. Um, mm-hmm. but those are premium flowers. They cost us more to produce or, you know, versus a bouquet of zinnias and celosia, you know, so that's mm-hmm. sort of taking those sort of things into consideration. And I do a lot of, um, I think you do too, like value feel, mm-hmm. you know, after you've been doing it for a while and you get some confidence and like, oh yeah, that's, that feels like a $20 bouquet or that feels yeah. like, you know, we, we do premium bouquets at our market. I'm like, that feels like a $40 bouquet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just, it's really yeah. a kind of a gut sense, but just using those other resources to kind of help you, um, get a starting point, I guess. 
All right. Perfect. So um, the next question we got was from um, Baumhaus. Is that right? Baumhaus Blooms. Mm -hmm. And um, what advice would you give a grower who is struggling to sell? Um, Man, we've all been there. I've been there. Like you've got Mm -hmm. all these flowers and you're like Mm – where's my outlet? Um, I think advice would be to just focus on, you know, don't focus on the thought of like, I can't, I'm not selling these. Um, I can't sell them. It's like that sort of brings the, I don't know. I always, I always say my vibration, which is like so hippie-ish mm-hmm. of me. I understand, yeah. but like no, it brings my so. energy level down um, versus like saying, how can I like, you know, where are some outlets that I can get rid of these and trying different, you know, different things. Um, and, you know, sometimes I do a flash sale, like even when my social media mm-hmm. was just not what it is today, or I didn't have as big of a local following, um, you know, I would go, I would go down and make some bouquets. And I took them to local stores downtown with my logo on it or a coffee shop. Um, just be like, Hey, you know, like it's just dropping these off. We had some extra flowers. Just wanted you to be aware that we're in town, um, and drop a business card off, you know, or like if you have a visitor's bureau, so just getting creative of like, even if you know, those are going to be at a loss, like using it, turning it into like a marketing opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, the struggling to sell piece, um, it could also be that it's like June and July are tough. Like the mm-hmm. summer months, people are traveling a lot, you know, so it's really – it can be mentally challenging for mm-hmm. um, for farmers when you have like this abundance of product. Maybe it's something you could dry, you know, and then turn into like dried, dried product in the fall. Um, I don't know. That's, you know, the – trying different outlets, something that's kind of different than what you've, we've had before, but it does take time too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where they are in their, you know, where you are in your, uh, business life cycle, you know, as far as like what year you're in, but, um, yeah, it does, it does take some time and mental endurance. Yeah. yeah I think it's like, what, what is it that you're struggling with? with in the selling piece. So like for me, sometimes when I'm like all sell, 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 or it's like has that like feeling and I have totally been there, like this is no judgment at all, but when it has like that underlying feeling of like desperation a little bit, um, it can be that, you're right, that is very draining. And I don't think people resonate with that. So for me, it has always been if I'm like, okay, if I'm trying, struggling to sell this particular crop, Let's just say it's, I don't know, what would be something I struggle to sell? Uh, I don't know. Let's just say like Lysianthus. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lifetime struggle. (laughs) Um, I would like, why don't you do like, okay, let's just say Cosmos. Okay. Cosmos is a very, is is I think a good one. I particularly hate Cosmos. I hate them so much. I think I think they're cute. I don't think their base life is that great. Um, they're a pain to harvest, all of the things. So let's say I'm, I want to sell to my customers some Cosmos or I just want to highlight that I have Cosmos in my bouquets. I would just like talk, talk about the crop. Why are they so cute? Like they just – they dance above the other flowers. Like they're really fun. Um, I think sometimes like I'll do with Lizzie, I'll be like, hey, how, like what do you know about Lizzie Anthus? If you haven't seen 
seen this crop before. It has a two-week base life. It's fr- it's frilly. It's it's the better rows. It's all those things. I think like it's customer education and putting yourself out there, creating connection between you and your customer, which is really important. Um, and I think when you, for me, like when I have an abundance of something, I'm like, okay, like. I need to brainstorm about different ways to sell it. And then I, I go hit the pavement. I, I get out there and I either run a special on it, go to the florist and be like, hey, I have some extra. You're willing to try it? Um, I really think you need to use it as motivation to to kind of try and get out there and do some different offerings. Like let's say you do a $20 bouquet, but that's not doesn't seem to be going in your area. So maybe try a $15 bouquet or maybe some people would rather pay for like one very big $30 to $40 bouquet. Um, and then you're attracting kind of those those higher end customers. So I think it is like pivoting, figuring it out, having different offerings, and keep keep going until you find the sweet spot. Um, and having confidence in your product, even when inside you're like internally melting down, um, is hard. And that's like something you do have to practice over time. Um, but, um, I would try to like shift the mindset is that you're struck, not that you're struggling to sell it is that you have the opportunity to introduce people to this crop. And cause I mean, I'm sure you can agree, Lindsay, when we, the majority of things that we grow, people are like, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they don't even know what it is because what we do is so unique. Um, and I really think like crop education is really, is really fun. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, I think that's my, my advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. Question number three from Flora Market TX. Um, how do you grow your email list? I liked this one. Me too. This is a good one. Um, Liz, you go first. You're like the expert on this stuff. No, I don't. Expert. That's a stretch. Um, I just, (laughs) I love marketing. It's like my favorite. I love it. I'm intrigued by it. So marketing email list. My email list is my baby. I send a weekly email um, and I, I started a year. So it's been two years now um, Mm -hmm. that I was... I was fairly okay at it, um, but I really just flipped my focus and said, I really want to build my email list because it's the one way that I can directly get in contact with my customer. Um, you know, social media, this is a, a whole nother show. I know we're going to talk about social media at some point, um, but with the recent changes with Instagram and things like that, I really um, have started to just lean more on my email list. Um, and I have a lead magnet. So just in summary, in a quick summary, I use my social media to drive people to my website. And once they're on my website, that's when I'm trying to capture an email. So, um, the best way is to kind of go after what, you know, your customer's looking for. Um, and you know, we're not selling, like the product we're selling is flowers, but we're selling a feeling, you know, we're selling an experience, whether that, whether you do on-farm workshops or they visit your farm with agritourism or not, you're selling the experience of buying flowers, whether that's the farmer's market or the CSA. And so, you know, that's what you're trying to capture with your customer. Um, Specific to my business, my business is um, because I have a landscape horticulture background, 
I I love the gardening side in the sense that like I have a really strong connection with gardening clubs and um, the Master Gardener program, and so that's my market. I know that they want you know the at home gardener. That's not everybody's market, you know. Um, some maybe you're just strictly a flower, you know, just the flower farming side, um, but. I use my lead magnets. I make a ton of different eBooks, um, but you could do something as simple as like uh, seven uh, seven tips to keep your flowers lasting longer, and it's on your website. That lead magnet, you know, drives them in. You get to collect their email address. Uh, the other thing I do is I create a landing page. So when somebody comes to our UPIC, I'm like, hey, have you um, have you been to our farm before? And they'll say no, and be like okay, you know, like that bouquet is beautiful. Like here's um, seven tips. We can send you this, like our little ebook on how to keep those lasting longer, have a longer vase life once you get home. And we have a little iPad. They just punch in their name and their email and it sends them the ebook. Um, so if you don't have, I guess it's, I should say, like if you do not have a, a mail platform, a mailing platform, I use MailChimp. I think there's mm-hmm. a bunch of other ones out there to to use, uh, but you have that protection too with like the, the their platform. Um, it's free up to two thousand contacts, and it's a really nice, organized, professional way to send out emails. But um, ooh, I love this. I could just keep rambling. I'll stop we on that. Have but a whole that's episode. We should. Yeah. We really should have a whole yeah. episode on just like email marketing because there's so much to dive into it. But. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, consistency. I, it's also like we say to the girls that the for all of my staff know that like I want to build my email list, and so I'm constantly saying I have it on several different places on my website. So, um, you know, at the you pick page, it's like, oh, if we're not open, like, you know, let's. I just says like, let's be friends. You know, you can stay in the loop of any on farm events. So that's just some of the ways, I guess. But how about you? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, everything we do is like always just driving people to sign up for the email list. And for me, we send out a weekly email and it's always like, and just, just talking about what that looks like. Um, it's just like a note, like kind of a recap of last week. I try and create, make it personal. Like it's like a letter that I'm writing, um, to the customers and that's like building that connection piece. And then it's like, Hey, here, here's what's happening. So sometimes we'll say, Oh, we're going to be at this market or find us here or, you know, join us. So it's not all salesy, but, um, we do have, and I think when you're showing up consistently, people start really looking forward to what it is that you're sharing with them that, that week. Um, so everything that we do, um, on our, on our website, and our social, our social drives people to our website to sign up for the email. So that is like my way to directly talk to customers. And you can see like if I need to like either move product or sell some extra arrangements or do anything, when I do send that email, there is a spike in sales. So I directly correlate that to um, to some success as far as like retail sales and driving people to the flower stand and like all of that kind of stuff. Um, so we are, I think it's super important to keep in mind, like when you're growing your email list, 
Um, there's lots of different ways to send people there. Um, lots of different ways to collect emails, even if you're just old fashioned, you know, piece of paper at the market. Hey, you know, we, we, we love to talk to our customers and you can hear more about our farm and what we're doing. Um, I really love, um, Corinna Bench's podcast. She does like a whole drip campaign, which is on my list for this winter. So like when you do sign up for your email, when you sign up for a Bloom Hill Farm email, you're going to get like an introductory email about Judd and I. And then maybe the next one will be like a video message from us saying, hey, thanks so much for following along. You know, so she has a whole like three month drip campaign that like drips out like different connection pieces like, hey, we're really looking forward to the season. Have you ever wondered how to make your flowers last longer? Check out this free PDF. So that's my goal this winter is to create an even an even bigger instead of just like an intro or even like going further than just that initial lead magnet is like how to create that drip campaign to foster connection and maybe we're not always selling flowers. Um, so I think that would be really important. And it's just important to remember that like we are Instagram following, our Facebook following, like we don't own any of that. And that could all go away tomorrow, but we would still own all of our email addresses. So um, I really do think that growing your email list should be one of your top priorities in marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I have like okay. a bazillion things to say about it. We should really yes. put that down as another topic. Yes. So. Yeah, I that's agree. a good, good, good highlight reel on that one. Um, yes. So Question four, last question we have is Centennial Acres, how do you market and build a local customer base? Um, which kind of kind of ties into some of the stuff we were just touching on with that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's time, I think. Mm-hmm. Really, time is something that it's a, that's a hard answer to hear um, for that question. But yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do to do that and market, but it's like time and exposure. Um, you know, I, for me personally, the farmer's market was sort of the way that people got to see me, um, and learned about like what we are. And I still, I mean, we did the, a kid's workshop this week and, um, we had like over half of them had never been to the farm before my, uh, design and dine first workshop of the year was on Saturday and, we had 32 people, four of which had only – only four had been to the farm. So it's like, wow, Amazing. we're still yes. hitting new people and still people like learning about that. So um, I think that marketing to those new – you know, to get um, – let me read this question. How do you market and build a local customer base? Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure I was going with this was they share with their friends. As you, that's why the time piece is so important. So it's like they are posting photos and, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I've heard about this place or I've seen you on Facebook, but just never made it out. So, um, you know, the, the word of mouth, I think has been the biggest piece to me. Plus I live in a small town and they just all, <laughs> they all talk. Talking. <laughs> yeah. Merch, <laughs> having merchandise, like t-shirts to me, t-shirts are advertising, um, you know, I, I know like early on I was nervous with people wearing my shirts. So I was like, oh man, I don't want them to think that they like these people work for me. And then after a while, I'm like, these people are great. You know, this is, this is no, yes. no worries. Everybody's wearing it. It's cool. Um, yeah. Um, for me, I think when we originally got into the farmer's markets, when we first started, 
it was like about that brand recognition. And I'm still like, I still try and really make sure that because in, in my local market, when someone thinks about flowers, I want them to think about me. Um, and I, so, I mean, I said yes to so many things. I mean, I really, um, kept like any, anything for like exposure, like our local chamber of commerce has a dinner. I do those arrangements every single year for not that much money because the amount of exposure to people who are like in influential, I would say, like people who are sharers. They're like people who, if you, they have a great experience with you, like they are literally telling everybody. Um, Those are like, those are my kind of people. So I think it's really building a connection. I mean, even we had like an all day kind of like summer fest you pick on Saturday. And I would say a ton, I mean, the a majority have never even heard of or been to the farm at that point, which literally blows my mind. Not that I think that everyone knows us, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been growing for six years in this community and they don't even know who I am. So for me, that like is like, wow, there's there's so much more that I can keep going with. And I think building a reputable brand um, is really important. Brand recognition. And for me, it's like logo, brand colors, like a lot of that stuff. Like when it's like, I want to have like that recognition, like when I see, I don't know, some like Walmart, you know, the blue Walmart or whatever. Like I want people to see me and really like know that that's me um, and not be confused with another flower grower. So it's like always trying to differentiate yourself and just keep connecting with your customers. And I feel like those, those opportunities where people visit our farm and at the market are just so important to like connect and, and, I really do harp on the employees. Like when someone buys something for from us, we're always giving like the Chick-fil-A treatment. Yep. Like thank you so much for supporting the farm, supporting our family. I really appreciate that. And I think people are going to start seeking you out. And then if they have good experiences, they tell their friends and it just is it's just going to take time. And it's, we tend to going back to, if you've listened to our comparison trap episode, um, I would definitely head back there and listen to it if you need a little dose of encouragement, but it's like, we, we're oftentimes comparing our, like our chapter one or two to someone who's been doing it for six to seven years and who has a, a great and built up local customer base. And the truth is, is it just takes time and effort and connecting and consistently showing up and there's always going to be, you know, other farms, other thing, other people that are competing with your time. And I feel like Judd and I are always like, okay, we're going to keep showing up. We're going to be the most consistent and we're going to try and be the highest quality. And we're going to make them just when they come here, they're going to feel amazing. And those are the, that's when people are going to really remember your farm. And that's when they go tell other people. So I know that the time it's hard to hear that. It is is so true. It's so Mm -hmm. true. Um, So just keep putting yourself out there. Yeah, that's great. Yep. So, we, that's it, right? We wrapped that up. Yeah, that's, that's good. It. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Thank you guys so much for sending these questions in. We, um, like we said, every Sunday we throw this up on our uh, Instagram, on our stories where you can just drop your questions. And we're hoping to, we're trickling. If we don't answer these here, we're going to trickle them out on some posts too. So we literally read every single one. We have a list of these that we want to get through. Um, a lot of them are similar. So we're wrapping them up kind of into, and some of them may actually be entire episodes as well too. So we really appreciate mm-hmm. you guys doing that. Um, so thanks for joining us for another episode. You know the drill. 
hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you have a farming friend that doesn't know about our podcast, please share it with them. It would be um, so appreciated on our end. And of course, Instagram at Dirt on Flowers, drop us a comment. You know, you want to grow, we want to grow our email list here too. So you can head over to our website at thedirtonflowers.com. Check out our fancy lead magnet, which I really don't know. What, what did we just switch it to, Shan? We switched it. Greenery switched and foliage? Greenery and foliage. Thank you for the save on that. Greenery and foliage. <laughs> so um, it's over there. It's our full complete list of everything. Um, oh, before we wrap this up too, I wanted to to do our um, oh, yes. our correction. I didn't do this. So on a, just a quick note before we sign out here, um, our – uh, we've gotten a couple of feedback. People were asking about um, that somebody had mentioned Nandina um, having berries that were toxic with that. And I don't ever, I don't ever get berries on mine. I was not aware of this, but I guess it's not good for some songbirds when I mentioned Nandina. Um, I cut mine to the point where like, I don't get berries. So I've never, I've never heard that, but that was just a comment. And then also autumn olive is invasive. So to, to resell it from a like a potted standpoint, you can't do that. Um, but it, I, it's okay to sell as a cut. Um, I've not had issues with it. They actually, it's on a wholesale list too in this area. So anyway, just those quick as a wrap up. So thanks guys again for joining us for another episode and we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Have a great week. 